Welcome back to GA Fan TV. My name is Aaron. It was an absolutely mental weekend of club action all across the board in various different club championships in both football and hurling at the weekend. You had Kilmico Croaks, who obviously done the double double now. They've won back to back double titles uh, here in Dublin. You had uh, big wins for the likes of Cross McGlen Rangers and Watty Graham's Glen in various, uh, in their own club championships, Strokestown with a big win in Roscommon and uh, plenty of other shocks, trills and spills along the way. So I've got Seamus Brady with me here from Play on GA podcast to break down and dissect all the weekend's club action. And uh, just a reminder, we're brought to you by Declan Kirby, GA star, best children's GA book out there on the market at the minute. So you can find it on Amazon Easton's all good bookshops and um, yeah, make sure to check it out in the link in the description. Shay, how's things with you? I suppose another mad weekend of uh, of club action in the GA. So much going on everywhere. Ah, oh, yeah. Um, thanks for having me on again, Ryan. Like, glad to be back. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the amount of action. I mean, this week was a little bit more um, bearable than last week. I mean, last week there was actually, what, 32 championships on at the same time, pretty much. Like, it was crazy. Uh, this week, a little bit, there were like headlining games that you had to you had to see, like the Dublin one, the Dublin hurling final in particular. How good last year's hurling final was between the two teams. We knew that was going to be a cracker straight away when it was, you know, the two teams back in the final against each other again. Um, the Clare final as well, Ballier, you know, scooping up that title again, and then of course, you know, that absolute cracker between um, between Killadangan and Kilruan. In the Tipperary final, I mean that was an absolutely outstanding game. So yeah, lot to get into. Can't wait for. It. Yeah, and I was just having a look at it there, like as it stands in the football championship. So last year, obviously, thirty-one county champions, obviously going into the All Ireland series, same as this year, but actually only ten of them will have won back-to-back titles as it stands, or potentially, like obviously, there's still a few county titles to go, like the Waterford final, the Cork final, the, the Limerick final. But I suppose that shows the nature of, of the of the All-Ireland Club Championships, of various club championships that, like, you're going to have about 20 teams going in there who are all fresh off county title wins, having not won it the season previous. It's it's kind of a mad statistic, I think. Oh, yeah. Like, the, that's, that's the reason they call it the, the toughest after all. I mean, like, it's such such a grueling journey to get through your county championship first where the rivalries are so intense and then you get through your provincial where you're playing against champions and then you get into the all-ireland where you're playing against the best club teams in the country i mean the journey to get there is you know a battle every single step of the way it's not like the county inter-county season where teams like dublin and kerry sleepwalk through the provincial championships and then you know then they pay attention to the last four or the last eight because they could get caught there, but they're not going to get caught in their province. Um, like obviously, except for when Kerry got caught in 2020, but um, the club championship is a battle every single step of the way. And you take your eye off the ball for one step of it, you're out. Like we saw what happened to Mount Bellumoy Lock there, knocked out by Moy Cullen. Everyone was tipping Mount Bellumoy Lock to go and win the All-Ireland club title before they'd even got out of Galway. And, that just shows the level of competition in every single county across the country. Like we've had, you know, in the last 15, 20 years, we've had teams from Antrim win the All-Ireland Club Championship. You know, then the same in the Hurling, Derry, you know, Slough Neil, running Bally Gunner, so close in that semi-final. Like the quality is just so, so high in all the club championships across the country. And yeah, that's why it's the toughest. 
Yeah, and Jack did say here as well, geez, wasn't expecting uh, Mount Bellew to bow out. And yeah, that was certainly one of the one of the surprises, shocks. But I was chatting to a, a Galway man earlier and he was saying it wasn't even that big of a shock. Of a shock. Like, Mike Cullen were champions in, in 2020 and maybe have just gone under people's radar a little bit, kind of everyone focused on, on Mount Bellew, Moylock and, and Corofin. But I suppose we'll start with, with some of the weekend's hurling action and then we'll move on to football a little bit later. So in the Dublin Senior Hurling Championship final at Parnell Park, it was Kilmichael Croaks, 20 points, Nafina, 16 points, I suppose we were chatting a bit about it off air there. I mean, like Nafina must be, they must be fed up of Kilmichael Croaks at this point because last weekend they had so many great chances to win the game and, and couldn't even get extra time over. And then in this game, like Croaks go down to 14 men. They're a point up. You know, Nafina have multiple goal chances. They have a, a point that's wrongly ruled out from Sean Curry, I think it was. You know, and Kilmichael Croaks go on and, and get the decisive scores at the end of the game. So, what were your thoughts on this? I thought it was yeah. If I if I was an Athena fan or an Athena club member, I'd be absolutely tearing my hair out looking at the game. Like obviously being, you know, you know from North Dublin, I would have wanted Athena to win. And um, they're you know quite close to my own club, Whitehall. Like and like it would have been nice. Like you'd um you'd have like you would like to see a team that's local to you do well and go into the all ireland club i'd love to see how they'd get on against the clock balacola against the bally hell shamrocks going forward and they really should have i mean the, the chances that they had were just absolutely bizarre like uh, sean baxter getting through that save by eddie gibbons was absolutely unbelievable the way like he managed to get his left leg to it i think sean baxter was put through by donald burke and then he took the shot off his left. Eddie Gibbons got his left foot to it, put it up onto the crossbar and the post in the same time. And it's one of those things where, do you know when you're watching it, you're like, when that doesn't go in, you just know that they're not going to win it. It's like watching Mayo win an All-Ireland final and two own goals go in in the first 10 minutes. You're like, there's something freaky going on here that like they just can't get that crucial score. No matter what happens, like next thing, you know, an alien spaceship is going to land on the goal line and stop the ball going in. Like that just, it just was not lining up for them. Colin Curry hits the ball straight over the bar and the umpire immediately waves it wide. I mean, that will get into that. Like that was an absolute bizarre decision. And then of course the chance then, I, be I believe it was the wing back, Dermid something, had that chance right at the end and he put it wide and it was like oh do you know what I mean like they had so many chances where they could potentially have snatched the game the particularly the one where John Tracy the goalkeeper would boom it down onto Eddie Gibbons like that they could have gone anywhere there was one where it bounced up and young Baxter was running in and he managed to volley it and it went just wide like there was chance after chance after chance and particularly with chemical croaks having 14 men on the pitch like <laughs> definitely croaks dodged the bullet here yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, and and there was like Nafina in general, like even in the opening five or six minutes, like they were creating a lot of opportunities, a lot of chances, you know, a few uncharacteristic wides. And and even when they were chasing the game as well, like Donald Burke, I felt was, was outstanding from a Nafina point of view, like to score 11 points of your team's, um, you know, of your team's tally, which obviously finished on 16, like it shows just how well of a game he had. Um, but even towards the end, like one or two chances sort of, Fallen wide from him. Um, as you were saying there, like Jeremy McClurkin gets that chance, Sean Baxter with a couple of opportunities as well. Like, I mean, from an Athena perspective, like 
obviously with what happened last year, conceding that late goal from from Ronan Hayes. And Ronan Hayes was actually very quiet. Like it looked like it was Connor McHugh maybe who was picking him up, and Hayes only scored a point off him, and and they kept him completely quiet for the majority of the game. Um, but yeah, from an Afina perspective, they'll be they'll be scratching their heads. But from a Croaks perspective, like Jesus, like it must be some week in that in that club, like to win the football in the way that they did, just about narrowly got over the line. You think of the final last year, and now winning this one as well. And considering there was a big turnover of players from last year, you know, a couple of lads retired and a few new players coming in. Dara Purcell, Alex Considine, sort of establishing himself more in there. Like huge, huge win for them, and and clock Balakala awaits. Yeah, and um, like last year, their defense was definitely built last year around Bill O'Carroll at centre back, and then this year it's Mark Rogue and there at centre half back. I thought he was outstanding in this game. I thought he really anchored the defense really well. They've got Brian Sheehy there, a full back that I'm I'm tipping him to be in the Dublin senior hurling team in the near future. I think he's outstanding. He's a big lad. He's you know he's strong. He's agile, he's quick, and he's a very tight defender. And I'm there thinking, Owen O'Donnell is such a good hurler in general that if Dublin managed to have like a good fullback there, you could almost move O'Donnell out to wing back or centre half back or midfield even. Like if she he can man the square the way that he does for Crokes, he's outstanding at it. Um, I thought Rogan at centre half back was excellent as well. And yeah, you're right, Dara Purcell. Young prospect there for Crokes, Alex Considine as well, is couldn't be older than 21, 22. Like they've got a serious crop coming there. And that's definitely good because you're right, Hayes was held like I've never really seen Ronan Hayes held like that for Chemical Crokes. Usually he's the the absolute go-to, he's the talisman for them. But McHugh absolutely shut him down. Like Connor McHugh was absolutely fantastic in this game. Like <laughs> I wonder if he's not getting a call up from uh Desi Fowl for the footballers, I wonder will um I wonder will Michal Dunny who'll be giving him a call because he looked outstanding in this game, particularly in the second half. He made a hook on Ronan Hayes at a crucial stage where it looked like Hayes was about to ping over a point and McHugh made a brilliant hook. Um so I think it's worrying for Crokes, though, that Hayes was completely taken out of the game like that because he is the focal point of their attack and they didn't score any goals. And coming up against Ballyhale Shamrocks, they're going to need to score, I think, at least three goals to beat Ballyhale Shamrocks. So the fact that Hayes was taken out so convincingly in this game, going in potentially if they get past Clock Balakola, of course, because they didn't last year, if they go in and play against Ballyhale, like he's gonna get a Joey Holden on him, or he's gonna get a Darren Mullen on him. Like, and they're very, very good defenders as well. So they're gonna need to start looking at alternative ways to find goals should Hayes be shut down again. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I suppose, like on the flip side of that, though, you can look at it from a from a positive angle and and say, like, Yadush, you know, Ruku stood up brilliantly. Oh, he's been he, he's been on the freeze this year as a, as, as opposed to Ronan Hayes, like nine points in, in total in the game. And you're getting points from Fergal Whiteley, Caelan Conway, Brian Hayes. Like they, they, I think they finished with 10 or 11 different scores on the day. So whilst maybe Ronan Hayes hasn't, you know, shot the lights out just yet from a Croaks perspective, like it's still a positive thing in, in some ways, because if they can get him to click versus um, clock Balakala and you have, you know, the likes of Considine and, and everyone else chipping away with scores as well. Like, I mean, they're, they're going to be a tough team to beat. I mean, I don't think they were brilliant against Nafina. I still think there's a lot to a lot to learn. And maybe Clock Balakala, having beaten them last year, will fancy their chances. But 
from a Croaks perspective, like there still is a lot to be positive for. Yeah, no, without doubt. And they are they are only going to get stronger because, like, to clarify, Sheehy wasn't in the starting lineup for this game, but when he comes back in, they get stronger. Hayes will definitely have a chip on his shoulder going into the next game. He will definitely want to prove a point that he deserves that number 14 jersey. We know off talent, he absolutely deserves that 14 jersey. It's just the consistency that tends to be his falling point. Um, it will be interesting to see now how they go in against Clock Balacola because that... That that story of clock beating Crokes, that was around the country. Everybody loved that story, you know, a small club beating like basically an institution in Kilmucker Crokes at this stage, like um, like probably the biggest club in the country, if you're talking members, size, like everything like that, and and now teams to do the double double in the capital is ridiculous. Like that's unprecedented. Um, so going into this game will be interesting to see, you know, will Crokes absolutely bury clock balacola now as almost like a revenge for last year's defeat or will they be a bit nervous that like oh we we, we know what happened last year Stephen picky mark took them to the cleaners that day hmm. like yeah I, i'd be interested to know like what their psyche will be like going into this game i don't know the truth is i genuinely don't know if i think that they're stronger this year than they were last year yeah, I'm not sure either, like, because I think, like, Nafina played a lot better last year in, in the final, and Croaks obviously came back and, and won it. And I think Croaks, generally, as you said, like, I, I think they looked a lot better last year as well. Um, And it's a strange one with Croaks. Like, they had some big performances against Bally Bowden, big win in there, obviously, and in the semifinals, looked very good in doing so. But in, in this final, whilst there there is a lot of things to be positive for, like, they definitely do have a lot to, to work on, and... Like I think it would be ridiculous at this moment in time to say that they could be a, a Ballyhale Shamrocks or, or anything of that nature. No, I think they're short of Ballyhale Shamrocks, and I'm not trying to say that in a disrespectful way. Like I just think Ballyhale, Ballyhale, and Ballygunner. I think that they're like isolated at the top. You could make cases for the likes of Piercing from Limerick, but like I do believe that look Ballyhale. They could have an off day. I mean, they nearly got caught last year before they got to the Leinster final. They were taking the extra time. I know they were taking the extra time, I believe, it was in the semi-final. Um, and that caused a lot of speculation about could Clock Balacola actually turn them over in the final. Definitely did not happen that way. But um, yeah, Croaks, for me, last year's game had more quality in it. Last year's game was, there was more fantastic scores. And the way that Croaks battled back into that game, they really bit down on the gum shield. They were like, no, we're not losing this game. Uh, even though Ronan Hayes, you remember that day, Ronan Hayes missed the penalty. What felt really significant that he'd missed that penalty. And then he was like, no, I'm not having that. And then he, you know, turns into prime Ronaldo for the last five minutes and sticks two goals away. I mean, like that type of, that type of determination, tenacity that Croaks had, that Ushino Rourke found that goal and then Hayes found that goal in the last minute. Like they just would not die. They would not give up. They showed a lot of composure in the last few minutes of this game. Like they took their scores really well when Nafina were panicking, when they were getting the chance to shoot and missing chances that they would normally convert. I thought Croaks held their nerve really, really well. And they struck over the points at key stages. They just need to hold that mentality for Clock Balacola because Clock will not make it easy for them. Like Clock will be really confident that they can do it again. And so there will be a stage when Croaks need to hold firm, keep the mentality strong. And this year, I think that they can do it. I think that they can beat Clock Balacola. 
but I actually don't think that they are where they were last year. Yeah, and obviously they do have a lot of young players coming through, so that you know maybe even winning the the county title, maybe they slightly overachieved this year. Um, but obviously we'll have to wait and see going up against Clock Balakala. Like hopefully that game's on TV or stream somewhere. I think it'll be yeah. a, a very very entertaining game. Um, and speaking of it, I genu- I genuinely thought going into this, just the last thing, I genuinely thought on paper, I genuinely looked at it. And I said Nafina have the better team. Like I fully mm-hmm. thought Nafina had the better team. They've got like you got Donald Burke there. You've got Conor McHugh there, fullback. You've got Liam Rush at centre half back. You've got the Curry brothers. I was looking at this thinking, I Nafina have a better team than Crokes. So, like, the fact that Crokes did manage to get the job done did kind of surprise me. I would have tipped Nafina to win this, especially after beating Kula. You know, I was thinking, wow, like they've they've really impressed me there. The way that they beat Kula and everything, I would have tipped them to actually go and win it, and they should have. They should have won it. Like they should have at least tucked one of those cold chances away. Um, if Colin Curry's point had been given, maybe it would have changed the momentum of the game. Maybe Crokes might have jittered with the puck out, and Nafina might have put, gone ahead at that stage. But if buts maybe's, um, Crokes did well to get the victory, and it'll be interesting to see how they do now. Yeah, like they only had four different scores in the fiend as well. Like whilst Donald Burke was was outstanding, like I mean, probably didn't get enough from from the Curries in some way. Um, like Andrew Jameson Murphy, who hit four points, like he he gave a great display. Um, in fairness, but yeah, as you mentioned there, like it was a crazy decision with the with the umpire as well. Like I mean, I, I don't know how they didn't manage to give that point, but I suppose in the end, some would say it didn't matter. But um, it, it kind of was a bit of a, a mad mad decision in the Tipperary hurling final. It was Kilroan McDonough's two eighteen, Killa Dangan one twenty one. Cracking game of hurling. Like I was watching the Derry football final, so I kind of only caught like the last 20 minutes of this, but even the last 20 minutes probably painted the a big story of the game because it was goals flying in left, right, and center. Like Kilroan were leading by a point in injury time, then Killadangan pulled it back and they were leading by a point in injury time. Then Kilroan get the get get the late equalizer through Willie Cleary. Um mental game and it, it tends to be that way in the Tipperary Hurling finals. Like they're very rarely short of drama. I think last year's final went to a replay as well. So um more and more drama in the Tipperary Hurling Championship final once again. Yeah, they're they're all so evenly matched. I mean, like I really loved watching the Tipperary games that were shown on RTE, like the games between Drum and Inch, Turles Arsfields, like they were just such high quality games. I thought, I really thought Brian McLaughlin had uh had clinched the victory there for Kildang, and I really did. Um, especially the way that they'd switched it around. As you mentioned, Kilruan were ahead, Kiladangan pulled them back and then go ahead themselves, almost like as if they doubled the momentum back on Kilruan. So for Cleary to slot over an equalizer for him to hold his nerve like that and send the game to a replay, I think that that replay is going to be an absolute cracker. And I think everyone in Tipperary, and not just Tipperary, but outside Tipperary will be tuning in to watch that game because the quality on show was like absolutely outstanding. I mean, you're talking the, the likes of Barry Hogan there in nets for Killadangan and um, scores Brian McLaughlin, 10 points, Willie Cleary, 10 points, Jerome Cahill with two goals. Like the standard was really, really high. And yeah, the replay I imagine is going to be more of the same. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and you think back even to Killadangan scoring that like last minute goal two years ago in that final in 2020 and, and some of the drama last year as well. Yeah, so that was crazy. That was, that was the yeah. one where it was like, how has that gone into the net? Like, yeah, and I, and I think like, I think Lockmore might have got a late goal 
and then I think Hilladangan went down the other end and got a late goal. Like it was something mental like that. And then obviously Lockmore the next year get a couple of late goals himself in both football and hurling. Like so, like for Tipperary, like they've got to be on the TV somewhere anyway, especially for that final. Oh yeah, hopefully, like uh, even if a TG Cahar or something picks them up, like everyone will watch that game. Just the quality was so high. I forgot to mention as well, Paul Flynn hitting one four from play, hugely impressive and. Obviously, there you've got Liam Cahill coming in. He's going to be looking at these lads now. They're in the county final. To hit 1-4 in the county final, I mean, don't really know if there's much better ways you can throw your hand up to be maybe selected. Yeah, absolutely. And and in the Clare Hurling final, then it was another game that wasn't short the drama. So, Ballier back on top once again in Clare. They win 2-14 to 1-16 over Ogennis. And... Incredibly enough, like they were three points down going into going into the final couple of minutes, like going into the 58th minute. They have four points without reply, three of which in injury time. Tony Kelly getting himself a, a point from a 65. Cahill O'Connor and Oil Daisy getting on the score sheet as well. Um, so incredible nerves of steel there from Ballier. Like they, they, I think they'd had a 10 or 15 minute drought going into the final couple of minutes without a score. And then... They hit forward out reply to turn over Aero Guinness. I mean, Ballier made a steal and, and Tony Kelly once again delivering, whether he's with Ballier or Claire, he's he's the man that everyone's talking about. Oh, big time. I mean, he's the most gifted player, one of the most gifted players I've ever seen. And like, I'll just keep going back. If you ever want to watch uh, Tony Kelly at his absolute peak, it's him hitting that sideline. And something that was funny about Tony Kelly, I remember seeing this um, online was... <laughs> it was like Tony Kelly's so good, but it was like if you're actually wanting to show someone how to play Gaelic football, sorry, how to play hurling, you wouldn't show them Tony Kelly because Tony Kelly does things that you would not tell an ordinary player to do. But because it's Tony Kelly, he's able to do it like it's not like shooting from the corner flag and um, putting a sideline down on the corner flag and just slapping it over the bar. Like no one really else in the country can do the things that he can do right now. Um, like he's up there with the elite of the elite, and yeah, for him to lead the charge for Balial, like they must be so confident. I mean, he was out for them last year with that injury, and he's back full fitness now, and he looks brilliant. And not only that, but him being there just opens the door for the likes of Niall Daisy, the likes of Aaron Griffin, the likes of Cahill O'Connor to break free and, and you know to not be kind of constantly tracked. For Aero Og, I thought, like, look, that's heartbreaking for them. Like, they fell just short. They have the likes of David Reedy, of course, Danny Russell as well, 11 points. You know, like they put in an absolute Trojan effort. Um, I'll be interested to see how Balliar go into the Munster Championship now because they're going to be in there with some Sharks. I mean, Bally Gunner are already in there. Like, it's going to be really, really interesting, especially I would find it very interesting if either Kilmallock or Napier should come out of Limerick. Like, that could be really one to watch. Um, yeah, and obviously whoever comes out of Tipperary to replay between Kilruan and Kiladangan, which, um, yeah, I don't know. We didn't say who we think is going to win the replay there. Yeah, like, I mean, very, very hard. Like, I would have tipped Kiladangan maybe before the before the game, um, given the fact that they won the, the county title in 2020. Now, certainly no expert by, by any stretch of the imagination when it comes to the Tipperary Hurling Championship, but... Um, very very hard to call it. Probably maybe shaded towards Kiladangan. Like they are, they are the favourites in in most people's eyes. But then again, Kilroan, like obviously putting up such a, a big big fight, and they actually led for the majority of that game as well. So I don't know. What would you be thinking? 
Yeah, I'd be agreeing with you. I just I really like the spine the Killer Dangan have. They've a really underrated spine of Tipperary hurlers. They've got Alan Flynn there, captain and a centre back. They've got Billy Seymour there at full forward, who's a hurler that I've been crying out for for years to see at the senior level. Like it's one of those things where Seamus Callan is still that little bit too good to drop, but Billy Seymour is an absolutely fantastic hurler and his breakthrough for tip will come sooner or later. Like it's going to happen. And I feel like clinching a club title with Killadangan could be a great way to say to Liam Cahill, here, come on, where's my championship start? Yeah, Jack says here as well, Reed and Kelly, the two best club hurlers in the country, in my opinion, of course, few of Bally Gunners could be thrown in. It's a very fair point. And, and I suppose getting back to that Claire Hurling final, like it was kind of funny, like I was looking on Twitter and a few people were saying, you know, Tony Kelly didn't even have his best game. Like he finished with four points and, and maybe missed a couple of opportunities and, and maybe didn't look as sharp as he usually is, but I think maybe that shows just how good of a hurler he is. The fact that he scores four points from midfield and, and people are maybe maybe questioning that he didn't have that great of a game. Like it's nearly even when Clifford scores two or three points or, you know, Erling Haaland scores two goals and not a yeah. hat-trick. And people are like, Jesus, he's slowing down a bit there. Yeah, like. exactly. Like um, I think I seen this tweet. It was absolutely hilarious. It was after the United game where Haaland had scored the hat-trick and it was like, get a life hall and stop scoring hat-tricks against like little English clubs <laughs> like that type of thing where Tony Kelly's that good that if someone's on him and they hold him to four or five points that's a great job like because he's unbelievably good the best job I've ever seen someone do on Tony Kelly was um either Mikey Butler last year in the semi-final against Kilkenny or Cahill Barrett in the Munster Championship that was the game where Aidan McCarthy slid in and, and he was ne nearer to the Ennis road than he was to declare a goal. But um, mm. yeah, whenever Tony Kelly gets shut down for club or County, you know, the team tends to struggle more because they, you just, you probably do become reliant that, you know, you're going to get six or seven points off from every single game he plays. And yeah, no, he's now standing her. And I hope that Ballier make now a push in the monster championship because they're a joy to watch with that trio of DC uh, Tony Kelly and Aaron Griffin, like they're a joy to watch. Yeah, and they'll play St. Finbars in the opening round of the of the Munster Club Hurling Championship. So that'll certainly be a an interesting yeah, game. A yeah, and like you'd wonder with Finbars, like if they win the football title, could that maybe slow them down and give Ballier a, a chance? But like we, we've seen before, plenty of plenty of clubs down the years making a making a crack at uh, a boat, but suppose moving on to some of the football results then from the weekend and um we'll start by looking at the Galway semi-final so it was Anna down nine points Salt Hill one twelve. so uh, a couple of points there from the likes of Tom O'Callaghan and, and Robert Finnerty so big big results for for Salt Hill knock the Cara. and then Mike Cullen absolutely dishing out uh what looked a very comfortable victory I'm not sure if it was but it was Mike Cullen three nine Mount Bellew my lock nine points Mount Bellew we very well know the reigning champions in uh in in Galway tipped by many to go on and and win the 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 All Ireland maybe or at least get to a final in some people's eyes they beat Corfin in the last game Corfin played very well that day and Moy Cullen have sort of gone under the radar in some respects they were champions in 2020 what a huge huge result this is three nine to nine points yeah I mean Stan, when you actually look through the Moy Cullen team, like you start to think, like, how are these lads going so much under the radar? I mean, you had the Kelly brothers there. Like, Sean Kelly was absolutely irreplaceable there for Galway. I mean, if he had been suspended, 
like for the rest of the championship after the Armagh brawl, like that would have been a huge blow to them. I think with Mount Bellew, it was more the type of thing that like they play such a really lovely style of football that everyone kind of is willing them to get to Croke Park, willing them to get to the the level where they can express themselves against the likes of a Kilmacher Croaks. And you know what a game that would be if the two of them met and you know on a you know on a sunny day in Croke Park. But once again, they fall and uh, they didn't manage to get out of Connacht. Um, with Moy Cullen, yeah, you're right. Like 2020 champions, like, and then they didn't even beat them narrowly. Like they beat them by nine double scores. Like that's that's a that's an absolute beating. If you're talking, you know, to what was expected of Mount Bellew Moy Lock. Like they were expected to win the All Ireland Club by a lot of people. Um, so that begs the question: Like, can Moy Cullen go and do that? Yeah, like, and, and and from looking on Twitter as well, and speaking with a few Galway fans, um, like very much from what I heard of, of Mike Cullen, you know, almost a very sort of similar performance to something that you'd see of Derry, where they have a lot of men behind the ball, they're absorbing pre- pressure, and obviously breaking with fast runners on the counter attack, and and more often than not, that ends up leading to more goal chances with forward runners sort of overlapping um, the opposition defence. So, you know, fair play to to Mike Cullen for for dishing up a, a big big victory there, but. For Salt Hill, like when you look at some of the players that are on their team as well, like you know the likes of Robert Finnerty, Tom Hans in there as well. So like Salt Hill, Knocknacara, like they've got a lot of very good players as well. And although Mike Cullen will probably be going in as favourites as you said, but some of the players that they have, like you can't um, you can't really rule out Salt Hill either. Oh, definitely not. I mean, not only do they have fantastic players, but they have a man like John O'Mahony in the backroom team with all his experience and. You know, he's working his magic with them again. And again, you read through the names that they have. Like, they have the likes of Robert Finnerty, Tom O'Callaghan, Cahal Sweeney, Rory Lavelle as well, former Galway goalkeeper in goal for them. They have a very, very strong panel. That coming up against the Moy Cullen, that also have the likes of Peter Cook, Desi Keneally, the Kelly brothers. Like, that's going to be one hell of a game between them two. Like, and I don't actually know who I'd tip to win it because obviously I'm leaning a little bit towards Moy Cullen based off the fact that, you know, they have the pedigree, they won it in 2020, and now they've taken out the team that everyone thought was going to win it. So, like, yeah, I would be leaning a little bit towards Mike Cullen, but I definitely wouldn't say it's a sure thing. I mean, Saul Tiller coming in with, you know, two forwards in Robert Finnerty and Tom O'Callaghan that would pretty much walk into any club side in the country. So, like, it's going to be one hell of a game. Um, Just about going to go for Mike Cullen, though. Yeah, do you know, I'd probably lean towards Salt Hill, knock Nakara, just because how how many club shocks have we seen this year, oh, and, how, and how many how, how many times do we expect a team to go and and win a game, and then the other team goes and goes and turns them over? Like, and I know Finney and Hanley's involved with the um with the with the Salt Hill knock Nakara uh, team as well. Like, it'd be great to see him get a, a bit of success. I've been on a few podcasts with himself and. Big John McMahon a couple of times uh, over on his show, so like it'd be great to see him obviously win a mm-hmm. win a, win a county title. Um, and as I said, like there's plenty of young and up and coming players, so why not? Why not? Can can they turn over Mike Cullen? It seems every time there's a favourite in Galway, they seem to get beaten. Um, so it'd be it'd be great to see uh, Salt Hill get the get the job done. And then in the Ross Common Senior Football Championship final, it was obviously a huge huge game between Boyle and Strokestown. Um, Boyle obviously haven't won a title since the 1920s. Strokestown haven't won a county title since 2002, but obviously won today by a scoreline of 11 points to 10. A dramatic late point there in the end. It was uh, flying around on Twitter and obviously on Roscommon GEA's 
socials as well with the the last win, uh, last minute kick winner of the game. Dylan says Strokestown impressed me a lot today, and yeah, what a huge huge win for them. I mean, I was dis- disappointed Boyle didn't get through. Like to be honest, like when you see some of the players that are on their team, you're kind of you're looking at them and thinking, how have they not gotten to a county final? <laughs> You know, in like a hundred years, yeah. you've got Ender Smith, Dara Craig, Keen McKeown, Tony Smith. Smith, like so many great players in there. But, um, look, the day belongs to Strokestown, yeah. And what a story! I mean, three minutes after coming on for his first appearance of the season, he kicks the winner. I mean, you couldn't make that up. Um, and with a game with so much history on the line, like obviously, both sides are going to bridge huge gaps. I mean, that was Strokestown, this is Strokestown's first title in 20 years. It would have been Boyle's first since the 1920s. Like, that's absolutely insane. So to have that level of bottle, you know, when the stakes were so high in his first appearance of the season and he comes on as if it's a training match, I mean, absolutely fair play to Lavin. And it would be interesting to see now how far Strokestown can go because I did tip Boyle to win this. Like, I, it was the same as you. I was looking through, like, the Smiths, Keen McKeown. I was thinking, how are they not going to win this? And they didn't. Like, <laughs> it's a bit of a confusing one. But um, no, I'd, I'd find it really interesting now because Strokestown are going to be swimming with some serious sharks now in the Connacht Championship. Like they're going to get the winner of, of course, Moy Cullen and Salt Hill. They're going to get the winner of Westport and Ballinas Stevenites. They're going to get Turla Strand as well, who have, you know, an absolute dynasty over there in Sligo. They've had an absolute iron grip on that championship over the last few years. Like it's going to be really interesting to see how they get on now. Yeah, and Gavin says, brilliant result for Stroke Sound, but you would feel bad for Boyle after waiting a long time. Hope McKeown is better for January, though. Um, didn't hear it if there, if there was a possible injury there. So if there was, like hopefully he's uh, he's good to go because definitely a good up-and-coming talent from uh, from a Roscommon point of view. And Dylan also says, Stroke Sound to face the, the Mayo champions. Um, and yeah, like the, the interesting thing with the Connacht Club Championship is like you're going to have a lot of teams in there that like have never usually been in there. Like it's going to be Strokestown first time for them in, in 20 years. Like if Mike Cullen win the county title, like their first county title was in 2020. And there was obviously no Connacht Club Championship that year because mm-hmm. of COVID. And obviously Salt Hill haven't won one since 2013. So a long time for, for them as well. And then obviously you look on the in, in Mayo, like Westport haven't won a county title. Ballina obviously in a long time as well. So like a lot of counties going to be in there that haven't won um you know a kind of club championship or haven't even competed in it like players that have never competed in it and you look at Turla Strand on the other side of the draw with the Leitrim and London champions like if I was a betting man I, I, I'd probably put a punt on them I'm not gonna lie I don't think they would they will win it but I mean who's to say they don't and that's what I mean like they they're very very strong as well they're going to like they have the likes of Liam Gohan on their side like they're they're a strong side to Illustrand. Like they haven't built that dynasty over in Sligo because of nothing. Like they have a fantastic team. And, you know, they are gonna slip under the radar because my Cullen have taken out, you know, kind of everybody's second favorite club team in the country, like Mount Belly and Mullock. Like they've taken them out and everyone's eyes now are on my Cullen and then their Salt Hill Knock Macara. So you'd expect that whoever wins that will probably be tipped to go on and win Connacht. So then Turla Strand can slip into the final, really, if they get past the Leitrim champions and the London champions. Like, they can slip into the final relatively, you know, quietly. You know, it, I compared a lot to Roscommon getting to that 2010 Connacht final against Sligo, and Sligo had taken out Galway, they taken out Mayo, and everyone was saying, like, oh, Sligo are going to cruise home. They turned up to take the cup. 
and Roscommon were waiting for them in the long grass. And that could be what Turla Strand do to whoever comes through because, as you said, it's not like we're dealing with experienced teams here. It's not like we're dealing with teams that have been around the block, know what it takes to win a Connacht Club Championship. Like, these are all going in green. Like, they're all... You know, they're all new to this level. So Turla Strand have been here before. Yes, they haven't obviously had the same success as the likes of Corrafin, Castlebar and Mitchells have had over the last few years. But they've been in these games and experience in these games is absolutely crucial. I mean, we've seen Kilmichael Croaks in the Dublin finals. They just know how to win when it goes into those scenarios. And Turla Strand might just have that leg up on the other teams now. Yeah, they could do, they could do, and it's, it's certainly going to be interesting to, to keep an eye on the on the on the Connor Club Championship, and obviously the Galway and Mayo finals, which will be coming up in the in the next couple of weeks as well. Moving on to the Derry Senior Football Championship final, I did watch this game earlier, and it was Watty Graham's Glen one twelve slot nail seven points, and um, it was very comfortable for Watty Graham's Glen. Like I have to say, I was sort of disappointed with slot nail in many ways. Like they didn't score their first points until the 18th minute they didn't score their first point from play until just before half time like it was very very comfortable from from what Graham's Glen like the likes of your Shane McGuigan's and Brendan Rogers Chrissy McCabe like they were fairly anonymous in many ways like McGuigan I thought had a decent enough game for for slot Neil but he was fairly isolated in that full forward line like they didn't really get much service into him or much ball into him and it nearly looked like slot Neil were coached into playing this very pragmatic and sort of cautious game like even looking at Brendan Rodgers at times like he looked like a completely different player in some respects to how you'd normally see him with Derry where he's like a you know a Yorkshire Terrier in many ways like he's yeah. barking up and down the pitch and he doesn't let players breed whereas in this game he was sort of a lot more restricted so um but it was a great win for Watty Graham's Glen like and you know I think a lot of people have them as as potential All-Ireland contenders now as well yeah and I think in this game you're absolutely right by saying that I think in this game, we've seen the importance of having a good structure with the team. Malachi O'Rourke is there as Waddy Graham's Glen manager. We all know how good he is. I mean, he got Monaghan into that. Like when you when we think about that Monaghan team, the best year that they had 2018 for me. I don't know if it's the same for you, but that that was the year that they got to the semi-final against Tyrone. They should have probably won that game and they should have made an All-Ireland final. But that year under Malachi O'Rourke, they were outstanding. Conor McManus was absolutely outrageous that year. That was the year that he kicked the point from literally the sideline against Throne in the Ulster Championship. Like It was one of the things that he's such a good operator and he squeezed the absolute best out of that Monaghan team. Like He got them all clicking, working, singing off the same hymn sheet and he's done the exact same with Waddy Graham's Glen. You're absolutely right. I thought Stock Neil looked very pragmatic. They looked like... They were relying on Shane McGuigan to do too much by himself. Not really great service going into him. It was one of those types of things where, you know, almost because he is so good, let's let him do it all on his own type thing. Like, no, tee it up for him to finish it off. And he's one of the best finishers in the country. But, like, I thought particularly around the middle as well, like that base that Waddy Graham's Glenn have with Connor Glass and then when Emma Bradley's with him, like, that's... That, in my opinion, that's the best midfield pairing out of any club team left in the All-Ireland Club Championship, Connor Glass and Emma Bradley. Like, I don't think you're going to find a better one. Like, that literally is Derry's first. I know that they were playing Niall Tone or their Chelsea Ulster Championship, but Emma Bradley kept coming on all the time. Like, that's pretty much Derry's midfield pairing. So, like, I was disappointed with how easy it was for Glenn. I was expecting an absolute titanic battle. I was like, you're reading the names and you're like, 
this is 80 percent of the dairy team <laughs> like like it was itchy the the level of talent on show was unbelievable and Waddy Graham's Glenn put them away comfortably and I was saying that maybe the fact that they're in the hurling you know it was their eye taken off the ball a little bit where Waddy Graham's Glenn so focused on the football and Slough Neal are kind of trying to chase two rabbits at the same time type thing um, with you know Brendan Rogers, you know playing like players like that playing both at the same time. Maybe did they take their eye off the ball a bit? But the way that Glenn did that so well, I just think they're a dangerous matchup for anyone now in the championship. And I, I look at like a team like Kilku that I just think Kilku are way more vulnerable this year than they were last year. And I think like a team like White Grand's Glenn, if they get the bit between their teeth now going into also championship. I think they're a match for anyone right now. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and and even what was apparent as well was like you had Kira McFell, who was obviously uh, missing this year, um, which we won't go into. But you had Michael Warnock, uh, who was he was obviously replacing them in there at uh, at centre back, and he kicked two points and one man at a match. And I think like that goes to show how good their their strength and depth is. Like you miss a player like Kira McFell. And then obviously you get someone in like Michael Warnock who's come in to replace him and, and wins man of the match. I think it shows the the depth in their squad. But another team that's back on top in a in a senior championship was Cross McGlen Rangers. They uh, comfortably beat Grain Moore by a scoreline of one nineteen to ten points. And um, you know Cross McGlen obviously going in as as big big favourites. They've they've had that favourite tag in the last couple of uh, a couple of county finals and obviously lost last year to clan Aaron but I mean they're looking as good as ever as well like Keem McConville's in superb form hit eight points um just looking at the score score bo app here Rian O'Neill with four points as well like Jamie Clark in the team like they've a serious serious team and um like I don't know too much about Graymore I know it was their first ever county final from what I heard so obviously just a massive step up having to play a, a team of the quality of Cross McGlenn but like Cross McGlenn they've they've fairly cruised through the Armagh championship and like the Armagh Championship is usually very competitive. Yeah, which which shows how good Cross McLean are this year. Like Armagh football is on the rise. I mean, I do believe that if they had a got over Galway in that quarterfinal, that they would have beaten Derry in the semi-final and then they would have been in an All-Ireland final. So Armagh football definitely on the rise. So the fact that Cross McLean have cruised to the club title shows how good they are this year they feel like Keane McConville as you mentioned outstanding prospect I mean you know the McConville name synonymous with Armagh football Reno O'Neill there as well Jamie Clark Ushin O'Neill you know what role he could play as the championship goes on like they're stacked with talents across McGlen are and obviously the heritage I mean the the swagger that Cross McGlen have when they get going like they do believe in themselves a lot like and like obviously the history there of winning things with the Kernans, but down through the years, like they believe in themselves, and I feel like they'll fear no one going into the, into the Ulster Championship. And my early prediction for the two teams I thought were most likely to win the Ulster Championship, Club Championship, I said the Glen and uh, Cross McGlen Rangers. I think it's between them two. I think they both have the most momentum. I think they both seem different this year. They seem like different animals. They seem like it's clicked. Like they know what they're about this year. Cross McGlen had lost the last two Armagh finals when they were hotly tipped, particularly last year's one where they lost to Clon Aaron. Like no one saw that coming. And for them to go into it this year against the Grain Moore side, that again, they were overwhelming favourites to win. And they just did not let it get to their head. They just steamrolled them. 12 point win. 
I mean, I think they've just clicked this year. And I think, again, same as I said about the Glen, I think they're a bad matchup. And I think a lot of teams would be looking to avoid Cross McGlen for as long as they can. Yeah, and they will be playing Bally Bay in the in in the opening round of the Ulster Club Football Championship. And and actually I was just looking at the draw there, like Whitey Graham's Glen are gonna play the winners of Tyrone. So like that's gonna be an absolute mouthwatering game. Like if you think mm-hmm. of Eric Kieran, like if they come through that game versus Carrick Moore, um, and you've got Rory Canavan going up, you know, against the likes of Connor Glass and everything else, like it's just gonna be an absolute uh, an absolute humdinger of a game. Just looking at some results here in Waterford quickly. So it was the Nor 212, Balna Corty, six points, and uh, Rackormick, 3-7, Gaultier, six points. Interesting enough, Desi Hutchinson actually playing for uh, for Gaultier. I've seen that on Twitter during the week. Um, so that's kind of interesting to, to note there. But in the Limerick semifinals, it was Newcastle West, 110, Monoline, 10 points, uh, and Adair, 110, Father Casey's, eight points. And then looking at the Kerry Club Championship, uh, and this is obviously the the other championship they have in Kerry, so they've reverted back to the other one for for this week, the uh, the Kerry Club Senior Football Championship. Hopefully, I don't get too confused here. But um, so it's Temple now, fourteen points. Karen's O'Rahley's fifteen points. Uh, Killian Splan hitting nine points in total for uh, for Temple now. But for Karen's O'Rahley's, the likes of Barry John Keane, Tommy Walsh, all getting on the score sheet and. Uh, Big win for Karen's O'Rahley's. Like they lost the final last year to the Austin Stacks. They've obviously come come back and uh, and avenged it. And and they're 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 going to be the ones now going into the the Munster Club Football Championship as well. Yeah, I mean you're right. I, I find the whole thing confusing to be honest. The whole double championships. I get that it's you know primarily about exposing the the players to a, a senior championship level of club action. Um. But uh, it does get confusing to cover sometimes. Like, uh, but Karen's rallies, it's more the, the mindset for them that going into this game now, going into the Munster Championship. Like, will they feel like Kerry champions going into it? That's the only thing that I'd point out. Like, because they did get knocked out of a club championship. Now, I know that you know, they got knocked out by, you know, an amalgamation of like probably the best players that Kerry have. Um, but like, will, how will their mindset be? That's what I'm saying. Because every club, as you mentioned, are coming out of their county championships as champions. Like, they were not beaten by anybody in their county going into it. And, um, yeah, I just wonder how their mindset will be. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, there seems to be very little coverage of, of, of the final. Like, didn't really seem to be much hype about it. Like, something tells me there's going to be more hype for the county final, which... I can understand so because maybe some of the players that are on show and in, in the likes of your David Clifford's and, and everything else for East Kerry. Oh, East, East Kerry are the Harlem yeah. Road Trotters. Like they have an absolutely mm. outrageous team. Like Paul Murphy and just James O'Donoghue there, just casually like a footballer of the year there. Oh yeah, and him. Paul O'Shea coming off the bench. Donald O'Sullivan coming off the bench. Like a, a ridic- like an inter-county team they have. Um, mm. I think they're going to steamroll mid-Kerry. Like I do, I think mid-Kerry could put it up to them for stages but i think if east Kerry get going like that forward line is like outrageously good yeah like and and they haven't even probably hit top gear yet as well which is the funny thing like they've probably relied on late points and and sort of their their quality players to see them through but if they do click in that final like it could it could look very bad for mid Kerry and it could look very good for for east Kerry, but um but yeah, like you know, I kind of didn't really know about the Kerry Club Senior Football Championship final on this weekend until you know earlier this morning. So, 
Um, it would have been nicer to sort of hear a bit more coverage on it um, and, and all the rest. But I suppose another game in Kerry that a lot of people were talking about and a few comments obviously coming in here about it, um, Ken Mayer Shamrocks getting a, a big, big result against Austin Sachs, 311 to 115. Austin Sachs last year, the the county champions and the club champions, so they've done the, uh, the double and uh, as Shane says here, club and county championship double winners last year. Austin Sachs relegated to intermediate football. A Sean O'Shea masterclass keeping Kenmare in uh, in senior football. And uh, yeah, seeing some of Sean O'Shea's points as well, like just the usual sort of uh, brilliance from him. But yeah, that, that's madness. I mean, I'm not, in the, not even too sure how that works. Like how, how did Austin Sachs end up in a, in a relegation battle? But um, but they're relegated to intermediate. That's uh, That's kind of crazy. Yeah, that, that's the point uh, when I was saying it's confusing. I don't really know how... It got that drastically bad. Like I swear, one second they were in the Kerry quarterfinals trying to defend their title, and now they're relegated. Like, what? Yeah. How did yeah. it get to this? Real quick, it went hundred to zero. Real quick. Um. Yeah. That damn right. It's a rootless championship. Like I mean, Stags like were on top of the world this time last year. Like now they're relegated. Like it doesn't really, doesn't really add up. But um. Now look like they still have the likes of obviously Dylan Casey, Donahue's still doing the business there for them. But um, yeah, I think they just Kemmer Shamrocks have one of the best players in the country. Like I, Sean O'Shea is outrageously good, and obviously he led them there. Um, I don't know if Stephen O'Brien played in this game, but like if they had him as well, like that's two, that's a dynamic duo right there, and like that makes them a real threat. And I do think that look the more that. O'Shea grows and like the, the better and better that he gets I do feel like there is a county championship there for Ken Mayer if they if they play it right and if they manage it right yeah like I mean they've shown year on year progression over the over the last couple of years and and obviously the better Sean O'Shea gets like the, the more they will improve and you know like they were very close to, to beating East Kerry I felt that day like you know maybe just a little bit more quality in the final third might have seen them through uh, Dylan says Stephen O'Brien was playing, no. um, but from an Austin Sachs point of view, like it will be disappointing. And like there was a, a Kerry fan who, who sort of messaged me earlier on Instagram, just saying, you know, like we've a lot of injuries and everything else, and decisions went against them, and the kind of usual, the usual crack. Um, but in fairness, like for Austin Sachs, maybe they'll have a bit of a run at intermediate level. Maybe Kieran Donahue might get his uh, his swan song. Uh, 56 years of age i don't know <laughs> <laughs> he'll still be playing basketball in the wheelchair don't he will? <laughs> yeah, he'll, yeah. Be, <laughs> he'll be squashing rumors that he's going to manage sligo or something like that that was yeah. bit, that was mental actually like to talk about that like that rumor that he was going to take over wasn't it it was uh it was ross common ross common yeah yeah, yeah the, like, and then absolutely no basis of it like that's pretty scary to be honest yeah, I think it was just shared around in a couple of WhatsApp groups. And then, yeah, the Connacht Telegraph just ran with it. And then everyone else kind of ran with it. And then quickly just had to delete all their posts and everything very, very quickly. Like, <laughs> that was probably um, whoops. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I didn't post anything on on the, on the our Instagram or Twitter. Um, But, like, I think I was going to get around. I was obviously going to look more into it and, like, read a few articles and see was it legit. But, um. Like it then obviously I seen the tweet come out and I was like, never mind, <laughs> I've got my answer. Um yeah, but yeah. uh yeah, it's bizarre how it got so far. Yeah, no, it was. It was it was fairly, fairly crazy. Um but one thing we do know anyway is that we'll be sticking where I'm at. 
next year anyways and, and i'm sure we'll see him lining out for uh for, for austin stacks maybe in the in the Kerry intermediate football championship but i still think they'll be in the county championship and if they win that they could go into the senior championship so <laughs> <laughs> like the, the way you go, if the junior f champions win by six points they get to play in the senior final or so like it's it's mental like they're all linking and all the, so you're yeah. relegated in this, but you're up yeah. in this. It's mad. Like, I don't know. I just don't know how people cover it. Like, it's mad. Yeah, or, or maybe they'll get amalgamated into, like, one of the East Kerry or one of the... One That's of what the I mean, like, Yeah, it's, it's going... I'm not too... I'm not too 100% sure, but... Um, but I yeah. feel like the big... I feel like now, obviously, I'm not... You know, I don't know everything, but from what I can see, it's like the big towns that kind of get left on their own, like your Dingles, like Dr. Croaks, obviously, in Killarney. And then, mm. like the East Kerry tends to be like more countryside clubs, like small clubs, um, put together. But like those clubs are ridiculous. When you've got a club like Fossa, that you know weren't the biggest until they just produced the two Cliffords, um, like that was outrageous. Yeah, that's right. Actually, Dylan Duff saying that about Joe O'Connor, like he's a massive player for us and Stacks, and the fact that he wasn't you know, hundred percent for them, like that was a massive blow to them and. Him coming back next year and intermediate, like that will give them a massive boost. And maybe if they're playing in the, I don't know, maybe if they're playing in the senior county championship, like they'll be able to make a better push for it. Yeah. And, and Dylan and Shane also said here as well, Stacks will play with St. Brendan's board next year in the, in the county championship, who they actually beat in the final to last year. So that's, uh, that's kind of mad. Um, but, um, but <laughs> imagine yeah. if Dublin did that. Like imagine if like next year, um, imagine if next year, Kilmichael Croaks were playing, were amalgamating with Nafina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shane Walsh and Aaron Byrne in the same forward line and Paul Mannion. Like it, it's crazy. I don't know how, um, don't know how they drew it up yeah i suppose it's one of them things like if you're from Kerry, you're probably very used to it it's always been yeah. that way and you, you know all the ins and outs and, and everything else about it like but i suppose just when you're not from the county and you're kind of trying to see the details and everything else like it, it definitely it definitely can be quite quite confusing um at the best of time but i suppose before we finish up we'll just run through some of the the leinster club senior football championship games at the at the weekend so Palatine beat uh, St. Patrick's, so Palatine of Carlow, uh, 214, and St. Patrick's of Wicklow, eight points. And then uh, RD St. Mary's of Loud, 37. Calm Kill of Longford, 17. And then uh, Castletown of Wexford, 10 points. Port Arlington of Leash, 111. Interesting enough, Port Arlington, who I was seeing there on Scorpio. So I think they were a point down going into the final couple of minutes. They two points, a goal, and two red cards in the final couple of minutes so uh quite an eventful finish there for port arlington <laughs> yeah i mean um they definitely made it harder for themselves than i thought they would um like i thought that castle town i thought look beating chameleers in the wexford final was a fantastic achievement but i once they got port arlington i was thinking okay this is where the fun ends this is where the journey ends and like obviously it has turned out to be the case but Port Arlington definitely made it more interesting than I think a lot of people thought it was going to be. Um, like Port Arlington have a very, very good side. Like they have a very good team. I feel like they're not as reliant on individuals as other club teams are. They obviously they've got the likes of Robbie Piggott, they've got the likes of Jake Foster, but I feel like the Murphys are really good players up there, like Colin Murphy. Um, and like I feel like 
they ran Kilmacud a lot closer than people give them credit for last year. Like they were right there neck and neck with them for long periods of that game. And obviously three in a row leash champions, like that can't be looked down on. And mm-hmm. yeah, they built a really solid base there in leash. And I feel like they're gaining in confidence. And obviously, you know, last time that they played, Croaks, Croaks had Paul Mannion. Maybe, you know, a Robbie Piggott, like if they because they're gonna put Robbie Piggott straight onto Shane Walsh. So like they'll have more of a plan this year for how they're going to go about them. And obviously the experience of getting so close to them last year, that'll be invaluable to them. And it would be fascinating to see how far they can go. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I think, you know, they'll, they'll play, I think they'll play our, oh no, they'll play Palatine actually in the next round who, who beats St. Patrick's. And then obviously the winner of that will play either chemical croaks or nace in the semifinals. So yeah, like, as you yeah, said, Pal- they're like, kind of underrated. Aaron, like, I think like, so as well. Yeah. Look, do you look at the team like they've got Connor Lawler there at centre back? They've got Kieran Moore mm-hmm. there at wing back. Like they're both Carlo players. Then they've got Crowley in the forwards. Well. Yeah. yeah, like they've got a tidy little outfit. And like going into it, they've got nothing to lose. And they swept Patrick's aside with kind of minimum fuss. And Patrick's obviously Wicklow champions. They're riding the crest of a wave. And you know, Palatine just kind of put them away in a way that Port Arlington didn't put away. Yeah, Castletown, like they, they really established a bit of dominance there over Patrick. So I think Palatine are not, a, I wouldn't put them as, you know, beating a Kilmuckle Croaks, but I'd say a team like a Port Arlington that maybe is really focused on Kilmuckle Croaks, like I'd say that could be a banana skin for a team that's maybe trying to punch up and not looking down. Yeah, like I mean, and, and absolutely, like I think, I think, yeah, like when you, when you look at the, the performances of uh, Palatine in particular in that game, like I mean, to, to, brush St. Patrick's aside as comfortably as they did. Like it was very, very one-sided. And I know a lot of people on Twitter were maybe saying, oh, the standard in Wicklow football isn't great. And St. Patrick's this and Wicklow this and Wicklow that, you know, you know, the likes of Stephen Poacher and I think Evan McKenna and a few other lads kind of just going mad about Wicklow football and saying Ushin McConville is, is more in his hands. Like I did think it was a bit harsh to be fair on, on St. Patrick's. Wicklow like, were one off, one off Division game, 3 this you know? year when Carlo were in Division 4. Like, I don't really yeah, know. Yeah. It's not like they're, it's not like Carlo were miles better than Wicklow. Like if they played each other, like you'd almost be, yeah. tipping, like you'd be tipping that to be a really tight game. And there was no county players in in that same pattern. Like Dean Healy, maybe I think is one. He was a name that I recognised, but yeah, there was Dean no Healy's other real. Healy, yeah. There was no other real like recognised sort of county players. So yeah, no, I found that a little bit harsh to be honest. Yeah, no, I feel like just kind of Neela trying to strip away a bit of the shine off. I don't know, Poacher, maybe ex Carlo assistant manager, maybe doesn't like. The shine the Palatine are getting, but I, I don't know. Like I don't know why he'd come out and say start trashing Wicklow football. Like they're they're champions. Like they need to stop trying to degrade their achievements. Stop trying to you know belittle it. Like they're they're worthy county champions. Like and they put in a good account of themselves at stages against Palatine. They just came up against a very very good Palatine team. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm just getting uh, back here. Interesting enough, Shane kind of agreeing with what you were saying. Earlier, as a Kerry man, it's a disgrace of a system. Karen's O'Rahleys, who got knocked out of the county championship in the group stage, will represent Kerry in the Munster Club Championship. So that's just going back to obviously when we were speaking about the the Kerry Club Championship. So, yeah, I mean, it is a very, very uh, confusing uh, scenario in many ways. And you know, maybe maybe the team who gets furthest in the county championship should represent them. Like maybe Dingle should represent. Yeah, them, like but, I would have looked at and said yeah. Dingle definitely. Um, 
like they were you know paul murphy hit that absolutely outrageous point to beat dingle like and that was you know against the harlem globe trotters they fell short by just a point and do you look at the form of the likes of paul gainey thomas sullivan like dingle would have been going into the monster championship full of confidence and they would have been a serious match for finn bars you know for potentially a newcastle west if they come out of limerick again like it just it doesn't really make sense to me but um yeah that's a good show, actually. They're Downs in Westmead. Like, th- th- they took out St. Lomans, who had John Heslin, Ronan O'Toole, Sam McCartan. Like, the Downs are a serious side there. Obviously, they have the Luke Lachlan, who is an outstanding forward. Like, and they're a dark horse as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I suppose before we finish up, what was your uh, club moment of the week? Any uh, standout moments from yourself or from what you've seen? Um, I'm going to go Tony Lavin. That, that point for uh, Strokestown. I mean, you can't ride it three minutes on the pitch and he, he taps over a point to give them their first club title in 20 years. I think, I don't think anything's topping that for me. Yeah, I'm going to go with Port Arlington's finish there. I'm just waiting. There's definitely going to be something coming out about that tomorrow. Like, there's going to be, the video's going to pop up somewhere. Like, I mean, to be like two or three, to be level, I think they were a point down and then like to score like two late points a goal, get two players sent off. I think Castletown got a player sent off as well. Like, I just love to know, like, what what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? It was definitely, it was definitely a, a big celebration there or something. <laughs> it was definitely a celebration. He definitely scored and did a little, yeah, have that, and then <laughs> it definitely yeah, kicked it, off. It all, yeah. it all just kicked off, probably. Yeah, um, yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, a good, a good winter club championship match. Yeah, I think so. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see anyway what um what, what pops around. Obviously Sean O'Shea's point for, for Ken Mary was, oh, yeah. was absolutely brilliant by the sideline and Donald Burke's performance as well for Nafina was was very, very good. Eddie as well. Eddie Gibbons' save for Chemical Crokes. Actually, yeah, yeah, that was a brilliant, brilliant save. Yeah, that was outrageously good. Um obviously the umpire as well, outstanding performance in that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think he'd be getting called up now. Maybe uh Dublin Kerry all Ireland final. He can be uh poor. Yeah. Just wave that wide when Sean O'Shea kicks that free next time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the poor referees and umpires. I mean, we're we're obviously all in favor of the of, of there being no like you know mad incidents or anything like that, but yeah, I just don't know how you can get decisions like that wrong. Oh, no, like, it, it was so obviously over the bar. Because remember, I said it to you off air before we started, that, that that shot by Colin Curry was, that like, that's bread and butter to him. And when, when the umpire waved it wide, I was like, what? Like, he missed yeah. it. Like, yeah, the umpire waved it so confidently that it was wide. Yeah, it was like he, it was like replay, he knew it. Was I was like, hang yeah. on, that <laughs> kind of looks like it's over the bar. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was bizarre. It was bizarre, but sure, look, I'm sure we'll, we'll get some, uh, some, some crazy decisions in the, in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully not, to be honest. Hopefully we can just, you know, like kind of just everything can kind of be a bit more normal. But we'll obviously uh, have to wait and see what happens. But um, Boucher, yeah, cheers for for coming on. Much appreciated. Make sure to check on, check out Play on GA when, uh, when people get a chance. Obviously, I'm sure you'll be doing your own club show over there as well over the next few days. So. Make sure for, for people to go and, and check that out. And, uh, yeah, if people could hit the like button and subscribe, be very much appreciated. And, um, yeah, cheers, Shay, for coming on. Not a bother, Aaron. Thanks for having me on again.